0: I want to do one of those
1: screams. (laughs) (laughs) What's that show where the guy
0: takes off the sunglasses and says the corny thing?
1: I don't know what that show is. It sounded like it sounded like Axl Rose in the 90s. David
0: Caruso. David Caruso Ah. looks like he wants to go back to the casino. So anyway, I just thought it'd be a fun way to start the show. Hey, everybody. Uh, Hope you had a a great uh, Passover Hope you're having a wonderful Easter weekend. I, I hope uh, that life has given you everything you want and everything you need. We got a big one. We got a big, big show today. I know you're crazy busy. Aren't you over there in uh, Liberty Kipsy, Gypsy Camp 202?
1: In Camp 202, yes. We're getting ready for the big Easter barbecue.
0: Probably not a good idea for gypsies to name their camps like Camp 202 because then then they know where you're going to go next. You're going to go to Camp 203.
1: No, that would be predictable.
0: Exactly. You need code names. Code names. Like, All right. Like Cherokee or uh, <laughs> Navajo. I don't know what I'm talking about.
1: Oh gosh, isn't that a cultural appropriation or something?
0: Oh yes, it is. Oh yeah, that, and that that was crazy. And that you know what? This is a perfect way to start the show. It's a perfect way to start the show about the the whole tomahawk missile thing. And oh like, my that's god! Cultural appropriation. You can't call that a
1: tomahawk missile. Like. <laughs> don't you think calling it a tomahawk missile upsets Native Americans that was actually a tweet I started laughing and laughing
0: yeah yeah I, I really and it's like the people there is a those guys were, were unfortunately were but the uh Native Americans were were complete and total badasses
1: oh yeah that's why uh, I, that's I think why it's a no total
0: like a, a weapon of war yeah you bet that's, that's why our, no Seminoles get upset stuff.
1: when uh Florida State University does the Tomahawk. They don't care. They don't care.
0: Exactly. They don't and that's care. Why, that-, that would be my one beef with uh, the Washington Redskins. Right? That huh. they should call it. They should call them an actual the name of a tribe. They should like dig in and you know. Oh my gosh, the mother of all bombs!
1: I love that name.
0: I loved it too. I loved it too. Yeah, I don't see the downside. I don't see the downside. The numbers are up now. They they initially said like 18 ISIS fighters were killed. And now they're saying it's like 94. And the people who live in the villages around there are like, uh, something had to be done. Yeah, something did have to be done. Kaboom.
1: Kaboom. Donald
0: J. Trump.
1: I I don't, from everything I've heard, I haven't heard of any civilian casualties. I haven't, you know, it was a big old bomb, but it looks like it was detonated exactly where it needed to be.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Seriously, what is the downside? I don't see how anybody, and on social media and on Twitter and on Facebook, they're like, to call this the mother of all bombs is like, ain't wrong next. (laughs) There is zero downside I love that it was unannounced and it was just a kerblamo that's exactly the way we should be fighting and I love that it was like the biggest one like the next step up evidently is a nuke now we definitely don't want to go there that's a step step too far but I love it it's literally like there is a new sheriff in town and he's bringing the big mama jamma kerblamo I loved it
1: you know who's thinking now don't you who? The Chinese president that was sitting with him when he got up right before cake to go drop the bomb in Syria.
0: That was hilarious. <laughs> I think that was, I think that was a, a joke tweet from that person, but I want that to be true so bad. <laughs> I want it to be like Donald Trump was sitting down for dinner with the president of China. He was like, uh, hold up, I'll be right back. Where are you going? We still got cake. Oh, no, I just got to go bomb Syria real quick. They use some chemical weapons, and I got to take them out. Bang, bang, boobity, boom. Eh, handful of tomahawks. Okay, so uh, the cake, and, and let's talk about North Korea.
1: It was fantastic. No, but I mean, 95 ISIS fighters, dead. I don't see a downside mm-hmm. to that. I think that's okay.
0: None whatsoever.
1: And I, I love that it was not um, – Talked about too because it was a surprise, and everything Obama did got out. Mm-hmm. Everything he did got out, or everything I gotta they, talk they, about they did this. some. They did some kind of you know virtue signaling ahead of time, so nothing was ever a surprise. We're going to do this in five days. No, stop. There's a reason you don't want them to know. They'll move. <laughs> you know, and, and
0: that's what that's what I think everybody responded to. I know it's what I responded to when Trump was running for president, Mm -hmm. when he would go, it's so stupid. It's so stupid. Surprise attack. And like that people would make fun of him for that. But I'm like that he's totally right. He's totally right. Like Ronald Reagan didn't call up Muammar Gaddafi and be like, hey, dude, uh, I'm going to bomb your house tonight while, while you're in there sleeping.
1: Yeah, no. No, but I mean, even better than that, I think he's giving Mad Dog Mattis a whole lot of room to run these operations the way he sees fit. I mean, Donald Trump made campaign promises that he was going to destroy ISIS. I think he's letting Mattis figure out how to do it.
0: Oh, and I think Matt, he's got a plan. The only, I guess, if I had to be hypercritical of one thing, and here's the thing, I don't want boots on the ground. Mm -hmm. I am all for, especially in Syria, let them duke it out and, and, and. My uh, Sharia land, I invite everybody to go to uh, com and watch the Sharia land uh, monologue because let Russia have their little naval base. Let them have it mm-hmm. and let them let them uh, team up with Bashar Bakalaka and, and let them duke it out. Now, is, it, when they use chemical weapons, you step in, you you bomb the snot out of them. However... Uh, let's get some no-fly zones going over there, and if ISIS wants to have a little uh, Sharia territory, let them have it. Let them set up camp, and they'll just kill each other. That's that's what's what they're best at.
1: It seems that you know they're quite skilled at it. But you know the other thing I did hear is uh, we've got some uh, advisors and military folks setting down in Somalia.
0: You know what? Yep. I'm cool with that. So I am cool with that because as a little armchair student of history uh, in Somalia, and this is a, a buddy, a friend of mine. Uh, when he got married, we had a uh, mutual acquaintance who adapted uh, Black Hawk Down mm-hmm. for the movie, right? So I read that book, and Black Hawk Down is an insanely phenomenal victory that we have just decided to paint as – Uh, as though we lost something. We were literally in Somalia trying to give away food, trying to help the local population. You had Bill Clinton uh, using our military as if they were working for UNICEF and completely overwhelmed, completely overwhelmed, a handful of dudes. Like they teach that at West Point. They teach that battle. Like here's how you do it right. When you're insanely overwhelmed and you only have these limited resources – it was in a crazy. We've decided to paint it uh, as a loss. However, that is when Osama bin Laden uh, decided wow, you can really punch America in the nose and they run away. Yeah. Seriously. No, seriously. Like, like when Bill Clinton, when Bill Clinton was like, "Uh oh, we had a we had a a gunfight. We better get out of there," and we ran. That really, Osama bin Laden and all his little lackeys were like, "Okay, now we need to step it up. Now we need to step it up because their their hearts aren't in it." And that's the great thing about uh, what Trump just did with the mother of all bombs. Like we are not messing it around. Well, we're not going to do this little we shot. We took out we took out two persons of interest with a drone strike. We went to Best Buy and we got a robot hummingbird and we dropped some firecrackers and we're going to deprive them of sleep. No, it's kaboom. <laughs> the next level is a nuke. Your tunnels are gone. It's dust. The windows in a 10 mile radius are broken. Buildings have been leveled. I
1: love it. It's what we call results. We haven't yes. had those in like 8 years and as far as like Somalia goes, we've just <laughs> completely ignored the radical Muslim element in in Somalia, Boko Haram. I mean, they like kidnapped 300 girls and Michelle Obama's out there tweeting a hashtag, please.
0: It's it, the 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 selective the selective outrage and this is the comedy on this there's there there's not a lot because it is so tragic but it once again it goes go to the and watch my rant on immigration like we cannot help everybody if you are outraged by children being killed by whatever means in mm-hmm. Syria you have to be outraged by children being killed in Africa, and you have to be outraged by children being killed in China. And you have to, like, who who you're selecting now? We're like, okay, we like, we like people from South America better, and so we're gonna let them into the country, and we're gonna call them dreamers and this and that and the other thing. Okay, so so that person's dream is more important than a kid in India's dream, which is more important than a kid in Syria's dream. Oh, you say you like Syria, so they're more important than the black kid from Africa's dream? No, it has to be equal across the board. Everybody's all for that. So h- how about this? Nobody's allowed to sneak into the country, which is why the wall is so popular, which is why the wall is so popular.
1: Well, the idea of it, most certainly, but it, neat, well, neat statistic. Have you seen the, the latest statistic on border crossings? Isn't
0: that, isn't that crazy? Isn't that
1: crazy funny?
0: Like all you have to do is say, we're going to, and that's, and I, and, and I invite everybody to go to the loftist <laughs> again, <laughs> again. And and watch my other rant about immigration. We have a awesome immigration policy. All we have to do is uphold the laws on the books. That's it. Immigration. Yep. How many he- How many years have we heard? Immigration's broken. The system's broken. It's, broken. it's broken. It's broken. No, it's not. It works perfectly. We have a boatload of people who immigrate here legally every year. About a million. We're insanely generous. You're not allowed to sneak across. That's nope. it
1: and 72% less are. I think that's wonderful. Just the idea, just the idea of us enforcing our laws is discouraging people from do that, doing that. And I also I'm also a big fan of the stop with the prizes. Like you cross the border and you get fabulous cash prizes like medical care, food stamps, housing, etc. Cut. Those are those are things that are only for citizens, in my mind.
0: And here's the other interesting uh, question that I would pose. And I I wish I could remember the guy who I saw uh, talking about this on 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 YouTube. It was really quite brilliant. He was making a case where it's kind of morally wrong to to let anybody immigrate here because what we do, and we kind of have to, like people from India and and Pan Asian like super driven super intelligent great studious people we, we need them for computer engineering and other things so we're like all right you can come in oh you're a, you're a doctor of uh blah 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 physics okay you can come in so what we're doing is we're cherry, cherry picking the very best from these other countries the people who think have I the most
1: that.
0: well but the, they are the people who have the most interest in fixing their countries Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying I'm for this or against it. I'm just saying philosophically, what happens if you did? Because, like, I had Ann Coulter on the flip side uh, in season two the uh, the first time, and she was like, shut immigration down. Like, just don't let anybody come in here. And I'm like, well, that's horrifying. That's completely un-American. However, what if we did? We completely shut it down, and then these these people— in these other countries, would come to the realization, okay, we've got to do something. Like, we have to fix this. Uh, we have to make our country safe for democracy because what's going on... Do you, do, do, am I making sense?
1: No, no, I get what you're saying. If, if if you know, countries like us and Australia and Western Europe and, and other folks end up being the brain drain, but, you know, I view that as, yeah, I love free markets, Michael. I love them. We got the best stuff. We have the best opportunities, so we'll take the best and the brightest. That's okay,
0: <laughs> right? But aren't mm-hmm. we then dooming these other countries to poverty?
1: Well, China and actually figured it out. China actually figured it out. They stopped so? letting they stopped letting their people here on student visas stay and and get work. You have to go home now.
0: Oh, see, yeah. mm-hmm. China ba-da, ba-da, figured it ba-da, ba-da, out.
1: Ba-da. Yep. People At least that's the way it was up. that's the way it was in two thousand fourteen. Um, but yeah, no, the any any uh Chinese nationals that we had working for us. Um there was even one who'd been a permanent resident in the United States. We were pursuing his green card and uh <laughs> he was he's like literally the only guy that did this. His PhD wasn't exactly what we needed, right? And yeah. uh they tried to make him go home when we did his green card application and he'd been here for twelve years legally mm-hmm. Ooh. Yeah. well
0: there's a there's a part of me that that says listen I, i'm all for for legal immigration mm-hmm. i'm it's a melting pot blah blah blah
1: merit system
0: yeah mm-hmm. however that's how if you want these countries like mexico's fantastic and if the people of mexico would rise up and take it over they'd be in the catbird seat. venezuela Venezuela has everything, and if the people would rise up, they'd be sitting in the catbird seat. Yep. It's like with all with all these countries, if the people – it's like I was telling that story last week about the, my Uber driver uh, from Turkey. Oh, yeah.
1: He needs to leave.
0: Right? But it's like our system is awesome. Like why don't other countries just s- set up a government like – Everybody's equal. Life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. We get a vote. If somebody goes uh, nuts o bonkers, mm-hmm. uh, we kick them out after four years, and we vote somebody else in there. It's like I don't see why it's not catching on like wildfire.
1: You would think it would, but again, like you said about uh, you said earlier about World War One, you were watching something pretty interesting. Uh, oh, I got
0: to get back to that. yeah, I got to get back. We think to that. the way
1: we think, and everybody else thinks the way they think, and eventually the way they think affects us.
0: i want to I want to hold off on the World War One talk, okay, for a little bit because I'm gonna get so into it, and that's all I'm going to want to talk about. However, what I'm trying to do is say this is how this is this is how this is my e- evolution in uh, internet radio shows. Mm-hmm. I had like we have to start this only by stopping this is, this was my idea and I yeah. thought it was pretty cool but it's it's not going to work <laughs> <laughs> only if only if these people stay in their home countries that is how you get a rebellion started and with a rebellion I was going to pivot right to star wars
1: <laughs> ah there you go
0: we got to talk about it we got to get it out of the way the star wars trailer what i is want the red stuff the red stuff
1: like when the ship like hits the ground, boof, red.
0: That's the dirt. That's the dirt. They got to Here's the. This is a funny thing. Uh, I'm tr- I'm trusting that everybody has seen the trailer. That was m- there's a there's a, a scene in the teaser trailer where these ships are flying over, like this desert planet. There's Imperial walkers off in the distance, and these ships are dragging something across the surface of the desert, and this red dust is flying up. That was my favorite part of the trailer. That was my favorite part of the trailer. It's very watched, When my kids watch it, they're like, oh, that's the coolest part. On the internet, everybody's like, that's the coolest part. That's the coolest part. I wonder why that is. Just from a a psychological, like, that's the part that everybody's reacting to. Maybe just because it looks so dang cool and those ships are like pieces are falling off and they're barely holding together. Well, that was I mean, my favorite part. I loved yeah. it.
1: It was visually stunning. I mean, it was a very bright red, and it was kind of unexpected because you're looking at the landscape, and it's just brown. Yeah. You know?
0: Other um, other than that, I thought that trailer was just kind of eh. Yeah, yeah no, it I
1: thought it was pretty okay. Normally, even from a teaser trailer, you can get some idea of the underlying plot to the movie, and I got nothing from that. Nothing.
0: Well, I here's the deal. Uh, here's what I got as a as a giant fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, back in Return of the Jedi, or even Empire Strikes Back, when Luke goes to train to be a Jedi with Yoda, Yoda tells Luke, "You got to go into this tree. You got to leave everything behind. That tree is strong with the dark side of the forest, You have to confront your demons." Mm-hmm. So in the in the very beginning of the trailer, Rey is in some cave, and I think that's what she's doing. And at the end of the trailer. Uh, Luke Skywalker is like it's time for the Jedi to end I think that, that that's his way of like scaring her and leaving her letting her know that she's alone and she has to make her own choice so that's what he's training her to be a Jedi she's doing the thing where the little rocks are shaking and they're lifting up just mm-hmm. like he did on Dagobah with Yoda right? it's really Dagobah. I think we're in for yeah we're in for uh, the Empire Strikes Back but this time, with uh, the, the new cast, Luke, it's amazing. It I, I, I went back and I was watching. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. In this in this sense, like if you look at the the reboot that J J Abrams did of Star Wars, it's just the exact flip. It's the exact flip
1: mm-hmm.
0: of Star Wars: A New Hope, the first one with Luke Skywalker. You got the one guy who's kind of like Han Solo, but instead of being a pirate, he's really for the uh, rebellion. You have the girl who's like Luke, and like Luke, desperately wanted to leave his desert planet. She desperately wants to stay on her de- uh, planet. You have the the little R two unit. You got to get these plans; they're super important. They blew up. The, it's the, it's the exact same movie, just with a little bit of a flip. And I think that's exactly what they're doing with this one.
1: So, are you excited? Totally. <laughs> Could there be a Star Wars film you're not excited about?
0: Uh I tell you what, the Han Solo one. Really? He, he, oh absolutely. When they dropped on... they dropped that little nugget on the internet, they're like, "We'll find out how Han Solo turned got the name Han Solo." And I'm like, "No, no my friends. You know how he got the name Han Solo? Uh Mr. and Mrs. Solo had a baby and they named it Han." <laughs>
1: you don't pick your
0: you don't pick your own nickname.
1: Well, maybe somebody else gave him the nickname
0: that is. Well, did somebody else give James Bond the nickname James Bond? No, he is an iconic character. You cannot. First of all, they shouldn't have killed him. They shouldn't have killed old Han Solo. Huge mistake. But then again, Han Solo was the Obi Wan Kenobi. And like it's the exact same point in the movie. Right. When what right when. Obi-Wan Kenobi dies and Luke is on his own. It's the classic hero's journey. Look, Ray, you're Han Solo. You're you're Obi-Wan Kenobi got killed.
1: Right. Well, I mean, I'm actually kind of surprised at that perspective because like whenever we talk about the superheroes in the Marvel world and all that, you're into the origin story. I look at this as like the origin story movie for Han Solo, who is bar none my favorite character in the Star Wars franchise.
0: Oh, oh, I want, to, I want to know how he got the Millennium Falcon.
1: Mm-hmm. I
0: want to know how he met Chewbacca. Yeah. I want to know about his early years. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of that stuff. But I do not want to think that he's the kind of guy who's like, hey, guys, I need a nickname. I need a nickname. <laughs> What's your real name? Gwendolyn Thorpe Scumberla Blatch. Okay, we're going to call you Handy Sandy? No. Homby Jombi? No. Halumba Sumba? Hanny Solo? Hands ooh, go back one. Ooh, Han Solo. That's who I want to be. No.
1: <laughs> so if that's they just take maneuver. if they just take the name thing out of it, you're okay.
0: Absolutely. All right.
1: All right. And hey, Mr. pretty and nice uh, Mr. and
0: Mrs. Solo had a baby. They named him Han. He didn't fit in with everybody else. When at everybody all. else, when everybody else went to how to program a C three PO unit school, old Han Solo was hanging out in back alleys, throwing dice. Hustling people, Dive got harsh. himself a spaceship, hooked up with a crazy
1: ass Wookiee, learned the language, and started ripping people off. <laughs> that's what I want to see. That's what you want to see. You know, you might just get to see that. Now, he Han Solo's the the best character in those movies, bar none. Yeah, My it's, fave. it's
0: funny, like, well, that's that's a very you are a traditional girly girl. Oh, to me, yeah. it's always to me it's always been Luke Skywalker. That's it. That's it.
1: Now. No.
0: Well, I'm. See, he that's was a it. little bit manby, for I me. I have a wiener. I have a wiener. So I'm into Luke. You're a girl, and you're into Han Solo. No, you're into that. No, that rogue. I,
1: the rogue thing. The rogue thing. And he, to me, he was just always a little bit tougher than Luke.
0: Well, he didn't have to be. He he could cheat. It's funny okay. because you're coming. This is so great. It's like holding someone's hand through the forest, and I know what all the trees are, and you've never seen a forest before. Are so you serious? <laughs> you're no, because here's what we're coming. Here's what we're coming down to. That is the appeal of Han Solo. Is that 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 rogue, dashing, devil may care? He's a pirate. Oh
1: yeah. But he's think,
0: got deep down. He's got a heart of gold. Deep down, he's a good guy, right? It's like
1: oh yeah that sideways and this is why Wow.
0: This is why people, this is why Star Wars fans are furious at George Lucas when he went back and he re-edited the very first movie with Mark Hamill and Harrison Ford mm-hmm. and and he had he didn't want Han Solo to shoot first. He gets confronted in that space bar by that green guy named Greedo. And Greedo's like, you own Job of the Hot a lot of money. And under the table, Han Solo gets his gun out, right? Mm-hmm. And in the original film, Han Solo, literally with his back up against the wall, he starts picking at the wall behind him and just bang! He just shoots Greedo. He just shoots him in
1: cold blood. And it's awesome! I, I'd be George all right Lu- with that.
0: George Lucas went back and re-edited it to where uh, Greedo the green-skinned alien guy, shoots at Han Solo, point-blank range. And misses. And misses. Mm-hmm. And then Han Solo can then return fire. So he's justified in that no. giant swing and a miss. Han shot first. Han shot first.
1: Yeah, no, my favorite scene in that was when, I think it was in A New Hope, when he just comes careening down the hallway, guns blazing, Pretty sure he's gonna die with all these stormtroopers, and he's just yelling like a banshee. Cracked me up even as a kid.
0: That even as is a kid. an iconic moment. Mm-hmm. That is an iconic moment. He goes running around that. I can remember being in the movie theater as a young, young pup, and just everyone howled with laughter. Yep. He comes flying around that corner, ah! and there is a boatload of bad guys there, and he instantly turns around and comes running back. Mm-hmm. Hilarious. Yep, I don't know who came up with that moment, but that was just fantastic.
1: I like the the one in the garbage uh, disposal, too.
0: That's up there with Harrison Ford when he does the – he shoots the guy with the sword in uh, Indiana Jones.
1: (laughs) It's like something
0: you've always wanted to see in a movie. Like, oh, he just better kill that guy. Now, if George Lucas would have directed Indiana Jones instead of just co-produced it and been a second unit director, he would have done it where the guy did the sword thing threw the sword at Indiana Jones and missed.
1: And then <laughs> Indiana Jones shot him. Yeah, but when you think about Harrison Ford, man, two literally iconic characters. Just oh my larger goodness. than oh, life. You have,
0: you have here we go. This is here's some more forest. Here's some more forest. Hmm. Uh Harrison Ford did uh, American graffiti with yep. George Lucas and was pretty much building decks and was a carpenter. And George Lucas because he knew Harrison Ford had him read with the other actors that were auditioning. And finally he couldn't find anybody. He couldn't for for Han Solo. And finally he settled on Harrison Ford.
1: <laughs> the deck. Guy. I'm not even kidding. The deck guy. Harrison.
0: Harrison. Yeah. Then they hired uh, a young man. Uh, oh my gosh. What's his name? Uh, Magnum PI Tom Selleck. They hired Tom Selleck to be Indiana Jones. Ugh. And everything and everything was going great. Oh, Tom Selleck would have been a great Indiana Jones. He would have been great. I don't see but it. But CBS, of course you don't, because someone else did it.
1: Just Magnum, B.I., no. He would have been great. Smarmy and Mike, ultra- no, no, I don't oh. think so.
0: <laughs> let's make believe, let's make believe that Harrison Ford was never Indiana Jones. Okay. You would have been fine with Tom Selleck as an Indiana Jones. It would have been great. No. That dude is charming. He's fun. He's funny.
1: He's more suited for, like, no. Westerns. You're just saying no. No. Not Tom it's Selleck. It's not like I'm... Not it's a fan. Not, a younger Sean Connery could have done it. He did. Well, he, he was did it as movies. an old man. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. it was his so dad, right? Your
0: point is... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But no, but what that's, I'm that's saying is... That's what they're is, saying, too. Like, Sean Connery would have been a great Indiana Jones.
1: Yeah, when he was younger. Like.
0: What about Pierce Brosnan?
1: He's a little too slick.
0: Yeah, there you go. Yeah, you need no, somebody who's He's not rough fluffier.
1: and tumble enough. Well, Sam Elliott Thel- could have done it.
0: Um, maybe. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you a maybe on that one. However, there's something about Sam Elliott where he's a little too... Uh, there's not a, a vulnerability to him. You oh, need, see, a, you need a certain. The first time I saw
1: him, the first time I saw him was in mask, and he was hugely vulnerable. I loved him. Really? Oh yeah.
0: Well, Sam Elliott is the that, that dude's the quintessential cowboy. Mm-hmm. That guy's he's fantastic. Just as tough as nails. Ba 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 ba.
1: Beef. It's what's for dinner. Woo. <laughs> I love his yeah. voice. I'm sorry. There you go. I'm sorry. Nice well, stuff. CBS
0: wouldn't. CBS wouldn't let uh, Tom Selleck out of his contract. I'm so, so glad. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph.
1: <laughs> I'm so glad. I'm so glad it was Harrison Ford. <laughs> so oh. they were
0: stuck. They were stuck. Mm-hmm. They were all ready to go. They had the posters made. Things were good. And Steven Spielberg says, "How about we get Harrison Ford to do this?" And George Lucas said, no. (laughs) Uh, And they were so backed up against the wall that Steven Spielberg and George Lucas had a little argument about it. And Spielberg won. And that's awesome. And it's so great because I saw Harrison Ford tell that story on AFI. (laughs) And he was high and he was a little drunk and he was – he had had a few too many pops of the old truth serum – and he's he's up on stage and he's like he's high and he's drunk and he's like I know it George I know you said no ah don't think I don't remember <laughs> yep
1: <laughs> like ooh, ooh. <laughs> but i yeah. guess if you're Harrison Ford you can do that kind of poke Hell, it George if you're church. Harrison
0: Ford you can land a plane on a taxiway
1: yeah crash a few too but
0: so okay. that's how we zigged and didn't zag and and I, i'll never be able to prove it to you but i'll tell you right now in an alternate universe, in an alternate universe, Tom Selleck got let out of his contract with CBS and was able to be Indiana Jones, and everybody loved it. And everybody loved it. And people were like, what about Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones? Ew! People got grossed out. I, I'm i fascinated with stuff like that, like James Caan. Uh, turning down he's the king of it turning down roles like he Mm -hmm. was supposed to be in kramer versus kramer and then dustin hoffman took it and blah 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 i love stuff like that
1: The what would have been what could have been in some cases what should have (laughs) been yes yes Yes. yeah nice tribute to carrie fisher too at that convention too
0: o-m-g did you Mm. watch that
1: i did And, you know, she was Princess Leia, but you forget sometimes how hilariously funny she was. I mean, what a sense of humor. And I thought they did a really good job highlighting that.
0: Oh, yeah. And there were several touching moments. But just for our uh, listeners, like the inside Hollywood part of this whole show, Mm -hmm. Carrie Fisher was one of the biggest uh, script doctors for romantic comedies in Hollywood. Oh, really? Like, that's it, that was my reaction as well. But I, this is, I have it con- confirmed from many, many, uh, trusted sources mm-hmm. on, on my end as a, as a writer. Like if you had a script and you're like, this should be funnier. I want to make sure this works, blah, blah, blah. You would hire Carrie Fisher. She was very well paid and she would unleash her incredible, incredible sense of humor. Uh, and she would help Nora Ephron out and she would help, uh, Rob Reiner, all Mm -hmm. of these great scripts she had her fingerprints on. She was incredibly funny, which is – which it makes it so heartbreaking. Like when she died and the people who knew her, the Steve Martins of the world, they put out these little tweets that had a little bit of humor in them that she would have adored. And people are like, you're a pig. You're a pig because you're reducing her to this and that, and they just don't get it. What I thought was sweet, what I thought was super sweet – about the Carrie Fisher thing, and this is like – and I'm and I'm a fan, and I got misty-eyed over the whole deal – was uh, Mark Hamill, Harrison Ford, and J.J. Abrams and all these other people who had known her for years and years saying that she remembered all her lines from all those movies. Oh, and, and then they would, did
1: clips of her doing of it later her, in life. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah,
0: <laughs> She was doing it when she was like 19, then she was doing it with, like when she was in her 30s, mm-hmm. and then she was doing it again. Uh, you know, help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi, you're my only hope. Then, at the Star Wars celebration uh, in Orlando, the big convention, her daughter came out. Did you see that clip?
1: No, I missed that part.
0: Her daughter came out and did the speech. The Obi-Wan, help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi, years ago, you served my father in the Clone wow. Wars, only you can. And I'm like, I was getting tears. I was getting I was like getting misty-eyed over it. I'm like it was – and the crowd went nuts. Oh, I'm sure. Oh, and here's the other great uh, thing uh, from Star Wars. And uh, there's a guy – ooh, I might be talking out of school, but hopefully I'm not. There's a wonderfully talented actor on uh, King of – not King of Queens. Oh, my gosh. Kevin Can Wait. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, Ryan Cartwright. Ryan Cartwright is this English kid. Uh, He plays Chael on our show. He is friends with Hayden Christensen, who was Darth Vader in Mm -hmm. the, the George Lucas reboots. Hayden Christensen kind of stepped away from Hollywood for a little bit. He took a little of a, a little bit of a break. Not a bad idea. Right. Mm -hmm. And you know, did star Wars help him or hurt him in a career and what's he done since and jumper and this and the other thing he showed up at uh, the Star Wars celebration in Orlando and got a ginormous standing ovation and cheers from the crowd. And I just I was just happy for that kid that he got that love from the community. And I think he was thrilled to have it. And then (laughs) they had they had the guy who plays the emperor was there. Oh, God, you will join us or you will die. And I have this new thing I want to do on stage because I do the emperor's voice. You know, joins us, Skywalker, the dark side. I want to. I want to get a transcript of Sean Spicer. Oh God! The, the press secretary. <laughs> and I want to do. Uh, I want to do a press conference, but with the Emperor from Star Wars as Sean
1: Spicer. Oh my God! Today on ISIS territory,
0: we drop the mother of all bombs. <laughs> Unlimited power. <laughs> oh God! It would
1: be hilarious. Or you could make up one about when we dropped the bomb on North Korea. (laughs) Why would we ever do that? Are you kidding me? It's coming. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. You're
0: falling for the hype. You're falling for the hype. No, I'm not falling for – I'm not – Because, listen, I'm watching the news this morning. I'm watching MSNBC, and they're interviewing these tools, these absolute tools – uh, during the whole, I want to see your taxes, Mr. Trump, and then they're really trying to hump this whole this whole North Korea, North Korea, here we go, World War Three. North Korea, and it's just not going to happen. In my opinion, why do you think it's going to happen?
1: I think we're going to end up doing something, because I was reading this morning that North Korea is even getting a little uppity towards China at this point, and that's not a good thing at all. But you know, watching. (laughs) So, of course, uh, today was (laughs) today was the uh, the current emperor's grandfather's birthday. So, started the reign of the family. So there was much parading around and yeah, when Da (laughs) Kim Jong Un's grandfather,
0: yeah, yeah, they're having their big parade. They had their big swinging their dicks around.
1: No, did you see it? I saw some of it. Do you see the part where you know, um, you know, if you've ever been to an ACDC concert, when they go across the stage with their foot out in front of them?
0: My lord, yeah.
1: Okay, that that's exactly what that marching looked like to me.
0: Oh, that's cool.
1: <laughs> I'm just
0: saying. Did, going... did you watch the, did you watch the Olympics when they were in China? Did you watch the opening ceremony?
1: I probably did, but I don't recall. Okay,
0: it. go back. My wife and I. I remember it like it was yesterday. the opening ceremony in in the the Beijing Olympics mm-hmm. and hundreds of thousands of people all just perfectly synchronized and it was artistic and it was beautiful, but it was hundreds of thousands of people in moving perfectly as one it was overwhelming. And it went on and on and on and on. And I look over at my wife and I'm like, holy crap. If this is what they do for fun, what do they do when they're pissed off? Like (laughs) that was the best. That was the best show of force China could ever do. Like they didn't, they didn't have guns. They were just like, like doing these dances, but it was like the synchronization was, was insane. Now here's my take on the whole situation. Uh, North Korea, the, the country that gave you the, the Kia, the car that constantly breaks down every uh, couple of days or every couple of weeks, they're testing out some new missile system, this, that, and the other thing.
1: Blobbing them at Japan. Oh, yep.
0: Yeah. Oh, I'm terrified. I'm terrified. I'm terrified. All right. So first of all, let's make sure, uh, Japan and South Korea and everybody else that we're helping out has their missile defense systems going mm-hmm. by, but with, with Trump, Being the – and I've said this for a million years. A little bit of crazy is good for the president. Donald Trump has that little bit of crazy. By making that move against Syria in front of the Chinese uh, president – I said it as a joke, but I mean it in reality. That's – with that casualness, like I'll do it. Now all of a sudden China has to take North Korea for real. They have to take North Korea for real. And China is never going to allow us to go in and do any kind of bombing. So it is China's problem.
1: As long and as I think, it stays I think, China's problem.
0: Yeah. It will. And now North Korea is saying like, "Hey, if if you come at us, we're going to come at you with blah blah blah." First of all, they don't have a missile that can reach us, and I don't think we're going to go at them at all. And I, it's like I was so, so happy think we're to just hear Trump put China put-
1: in a headlock and make them do it.
0: Absolutely. Yep. Wow. Well.
1: I don't know. I was just watching that march, and you're and you're right. The synchronization is amazing. But my second thought is, here is our biggest show of force. Let's put everybody related to the military in one place.
0: Well, that's that. <laughs> like yeah, you. that's that's the. You're you're on your well. You're on your you're well on your way to being a stand up comic because yeah. then the joke is there.
1: Bomb them during the parade. <laughs> well, but I mean, come on. Just you know, have America, have America. Go do some maneuvers on the South Korean on the South Korean border that we do anyway. We do exercises with their military every time we do exercises with South Korea. You know, the short dude with the funny hair has to have a show of strength, so he gets all the military to parade in front of him. I mean, you could totally bait this into happening.
0: Well, yeah, yeah. bomb them during the parade. Mm-hmm. That would be a, uh, a great thing. What we really need, what you really need is a rail gun. and this a is straight gun. out of this is straight out of the Justice League. A villain did this in Justice League, and it makes it made so much sense. it was terrifying. You get a series of magnets up in outer space, right? Giant okay. magnets. Most asteroids are like iron ore or nickel, stuff that's magnetic. These magnets draw in uh, a pretty good sized hunk of asteroid, and then you just hold it there. Until your orbit of your magnet goes over the city you want to take out, Mm -hmm. and then you just reverse the magnetic polarity, and you throw the asteroid down. And it's great because you don't have to worry about nuclear fallout or anything. You just literally are lobbing a huge hunk of a planet at a city, and you just, boom, you just take it out, and you can move on with your life.
1: Maybe you should go into military planning. I should. And then, then you just you just say,
0: "Listen, let's just grab a hunk of asteroid, wait for the next Founders' Day. They'll all be out there marching and then oops, we didn't do it. A meteor did."
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. And you won't have the left saying it cost 340 billion dollars. Did you see that, that, was, that was hilarious cracking too. me up to 16 million. 16 yeah. million.
0: You could have fixed Flint water and fed every person on the planet, but, and I love that outrage. Yeah. I love that outrage, because that was like I invite everybody to go to theloftestparty.com and watch what I was saying about Hurricane Katrina. Hurricane Katrina, and we did this because we wanted to, because we were good people, yada yada. We have spent three, literally, like three hundred and sixty billion dollars to repair in tax relief and incentives Mm -hmm. and blah, 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 blah. We have given away $360 billion in New Orleans and we and there's still people who are waiting for a house. There's still people waiting to rebuild. So all those people who are going, oh, the mother all bombs was so expensive and you could have done this and you could have done that. When I said that on my TV show, I got so much hate mail. It was insane.
1: (laughs) What that the government doesn't do a very good job in, Allocating resources after a disaster?
0: Yep. Yep. Oh, and I'm a racist. I'm a racist. No, you're I did a these racist. jokes. I did oh. these jokes about how Cajun people freak me out. It's like God took a hillbilly and a Frenchman and said, bang, let's see what happens. And I do da 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 bow. We're going to eat some alligator. Boy, I tell you what, that is one of the most underreported stories ever about how much money was wasted on Hurricane Katrina. And the people are still suffering. You could have divvied that money up. If you just divvied it up for every man, woman, and child that lives in that area, Gave they'd be doing of all cash. right.
1: Yep. Gave them yeah. a hook of cash. Yep. But then all the middlemen don't benefit. And yeah, yeah. So there's there's a reason it's done the way it's done, and it just doesn't work.
0: I want to say this on the record. Uh I think North Korea should just kind of mm-hmm. hang tight. They should just like maybe not so much with the uh ballistic missiles, but like if you look at uh Cuba you can th- there's a precedent for just being able to wait us out
1: <laughs> I guess that would be correct if you think about it
0: Seriously mm-hmm. just like c- c- calm your jets like send uh, I guess we're not allowed to even go talk to the guy but just like hey man uh be cool we hear you we hear you we hear you give us like 4 years you got but you got to be cool for like 4 years and then we'll uh We'll reevaluate the situation.
1: Well, yeah, but we did have to deal with Cuba trying to point missiles at us too. Uh yes. They did try it. They did try. Well, it.
0: Russia tried it, and granted, we had done the Bay of Pigs and all this other mm-hmm. stuff. But yeah, we had we had our moment of uh, of crisis right there, uh, which takes me oh gosh, the World War One thing, the World War One thing. You haven't seen it? No. It's fantastic. It's fantastic. Now this is PBS. I'm all for PBS. I just don't want us to fund it. Right. I think the uh, the Arthur Slettering Foundation and the Catherine Sloan Foundation, and blah blah blah. i'm a I'm cool with all the foundations. It's just when they go and viewers like you, where I'm like, no, thank you. The, well, those there's are a the three telethons, part series the
1: tele the telethons too. people can call and donate individually. yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: it's a three part series on the American experience all about World War One,
1: mm-hmm. okay?
0: So I'm like, I'm going to watch this thing because I really don't fully understand why World War One got started. And I'm finally going to learn. And right at the very beginning of this thing, they kind of glaze over it too. <laughs> all they do is like in a really highfaluting way say the same crap I already knew. Uh, some lower level guy got assassinated by some lower level crazy person and all of a sudden the world goes bonkers. Wilson wants to, mm-hmm. wants to keep us out of the war. He wants to keep us out of the war. He wants to keep us out of the war. Uh And oh my gosh, for everybody who's mad at Obama for coming out against Trump, they need to go back and look what Teddy Roosevelt did to Woodrow Wilson. Holy moly. It makes it makes our politics now look so tame. Teddy Roosevelt was the one and done president. He's like, I'm not going to go for reelection. I give my word. So he didn't. But boy, that dude was so active. Actively campaigning
1: against Woodrow Wilson. <laughs> it was
0: stupid. It was stupid. So uh, Woodrow Wilson finally comes to the conclusion. This is after the Lusitania has been sunk and all these other uh, allied American ships had been sunk. Uh, Woodrow Wilson – and this is in part two of the American experience. And the and the battles are horrifying. In one battle in, in World War I, in one – prolonged battle if you add up the casualties on both sides a million people whoa a million people
1: do you remember what the battle was
0: oh my gosh no i don't
1: that's just that's stunning
0: oh it's it, completely stunning so you had the people in america who are like the world has gone crazy and we want to stay out of this thing mm-hmm. so woodrow wilson he's he's won reelection. uh and he's thinking about it, he's thinking about it, he's thinking about it, and bad things are happening. And then finally he comes to the realization of this. Like, we can hope and wish for the world to be one way here in America. And we can we can wish and we can hope and we can dream. However, the rest of the world has their own ideas. And sooner or later, it will affect us. So he's like, we gotta jump in. So, uh, yay, hooray, you think. Now, because he was such a pacifist, uh, and, and, an incredible racist too. That's a, Oh, if you're, if you're a, a, a person of color in this country, whoo! watch this, <laughs> watch Woodrow Wilson was not a friend of the black man. So they start this ministry of war information and it might not have been a, called the ministry. It was something war information and it was a giant propaganda machine. And if you ever want to, Oh my Lord, <laughs> You it think the mainstream terrifying. media is
1: bad now.
0: Exactly. It was terrifying. If people thought that you were pro-German and you had a German-sounding last name, it like a dude got uh, literally tarred and feathered. Uh, one guy got beat up by a crowd of people, and they hung him. Oh, my they God. They killed a man, and the Washington Post is like, good for you. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Democracy dies in darkness, my ass. It dies with mob <laughs> rules. Oh man. But you know, and if you then stop the president of the United States, Wilson is like, this is good. And and like neighbor spying on neighbor, it is the most un-American thing you will ever witness. There was zero checks and balances. The official stance, the the, the presidential, the federal government. They were literally running around, uh, killing people, neighbors spying on neighbors, turning people in. Uh, it makes they had the camps set up. They were ready to go. <laughs> Big government is not your friend, America. It's no. not your friend.
1: Well, it's kind of like it's kind of like the folks watching 1984 to pro- tra- protest Trump. They need to watch 1984 to understand what happens when there's really big and awful government and then maybe follow it up with this documentary.
0: Well, it's like I I started doing that thing where uh, uh, I'm doing those little videos on Thursdays, Mm -hmm. which I – my big fear is that I am going to get completely addicted to it. Uh, But I made that little joke that like in California – because you mentioned it last week Mm -hmm. and, and I looked it up and there are private dwellings. Private your home, the, yes. where you live, mm-hmm. you are not allowed to smoke cigarettes. Well,
1: and you can't smoke you outdoors also, anywhere.
0: <laughs> so. And you're not allowed, and mm-hmm. you're not allowed to, to even vape.
1: I think that's just now, silly. The,
0: the whole thing is silly. Right. And now when the government is telling you what you can and cannot do in your own home, uh, we've gone too far. And that's what I found to be, like, the ultimate hypocrisy in this whole thing. These kids are like, Donald Trump, Donald Trump. We got to protest him by watching 1984. Meanwhile, Big Brother is rolling through California, literally doing Big Brother-type things, uh, telling you what you can and can't do in your house. (laughs) Donald Trump ain't doing none of that.
1: No. He's actually – he actually wants to give health care back to the states. He wants to give education (laughs) back to the states. It's like the opposite of Big Brother. Yes. Yes.
0: Okay, we we would be remiss in our duties if we didn't talk about the guy getting thrown off a of United.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> that poor soul. That poor soul, and that somebody videotaped it. I mean, I guess great for the lawsuit, but I mean, that thing just went viral. And I mean, I don't think United's response could have been any worse.
0: Bobcat Goldthwait did a joke about uh, uh, Rodney King. And he goes, hey, if you ever see me getting beat up by the police, put the camera down and help me. That's what I thought. Yeah. Like, that's what, that was my reaction. The guy's literally getting beat up and dragged off a plane. He's bleeding from his mouth, and there's just some lady going, this isn't right. This isn't – oh, no. Oh, no. Well, help his ass, lady. <laughs> <laughs> so oh. here's the, the here's what I find horribly – predictable but it's wonderful all at the same time on Twitter everybody's like this is wrong this is wrong this is wrong and then you have the the handful of people like well United was well within their rights and then people you know have an argument that really resolves nothing I will say this uh, United was within their rights
1: mm-hmm.
0: however a worse piece of press you cannot find but here's no. the good news everybody they're up in the money they make those little bribes we've overbooked here's 250 bucks. Uh, for future travel, nobody takes it. Okay, nobody took it. Here's 500 bucks, and it used to get maxed out at like 500. Now they're saying like Delta. I think Delta is going as high as 10 grand. That's insane. So here's my plan. I am just going to fly Delta exclusively, <laughs> and that's going to be my job. That's going to be your job. It's going to become your new source of income. Yes, yes. However. I'm going to stop after I've made $140,000, and I'm going to become a resident of New York, and my kids are going to get to go to college for free because I make less than
1: $150,000. Oh, is that the cutoff?
0: That's the cutoff. Whoa. Now, after my kids go to college for free and I've sucked Delta for 140 dollars every year, mm-hmm. then my kids are going to get a good job, and I'm going to move to Massachusetts for free health care. <laughs>
1: You, like, have this all planned out.
0: I do. Mm -hmm. Then I am going to uh, light up a cigarette uh, somewhere inside during an ice storm, and they're going to tell me that I can't smoke inside uh, because I'm not allowed. And I'm like, so you're forcing me to go outside? And they're going to say yes, and I'm going to slip on the ice and suffer traumatic injury, and then they're going to pay me. (sighs) That is my retirement plan. That's how my kids are going to go to college, and that's how I'm going to travel for free. My life is going to be pretty sweet.
1: I'd have to say that's pretty well thought out, Michael, up until you well, break a you. bone.
0: Nah, I'll find a doctor. Uh, hopefully, you know, I can find uh, – hey, maybe I can get Dr. Perquacky, who got thrown off the United flight, oh my god. Hook, hook me up. Yeah, New York is like free college, but only if you make less than $150,000. So, there you go. Move to New York, everybody, and stay poor.
1: I don't think if you make $150,000 in most parts of New York, not the blue dot, but the rest of the state, you're doing all right. <laughs> Just saying.
0: Oh, if you're if you listen, you you whew. uh Governor Cuomock of mm-hmm. the Fifth Light Brigade says like uh 80% of the residents in New York will be this will help them and they can go to college for free. Mhm. Well, it sounds to me like the rich people are paying for the poor people to go to college.
1: Yep, that's exactly what it is.
0: Now, when you can pass a law that says everybody gets to go to college for free, if you want to roll those dice and try to figure out how that works, then okay. But no, you cannot wrap this up in anything else than we are going to come after you because you were successful.
1: We are going to redistribute your income.
0: Yeah. Yep. And goodbye, New York. Goodbye, goodbye New York. Goodbye, California.
1: Goodbye, New California. You
0: <laughs> suck. And I kind of want to – I just want to enjoy the fireworks show of it all going downhill fast. Yeah. I wish I had a bigger company. I wish the Loftus Party was a giant, giant website that employed thousands. I would have a, I would have a press release – I would uh, talk to reporters and just laugh and go, we're moving to Vegas. (laughs) (laughs) Uh. Okay, we got to hit some Michael Topias. There's so much going on today. I think I'm trying to think about, oh, the Trump tax people, stop asking for his taxes, you guys. It changes nothing. It changes nothing. There's a march today. We want to see your taxes. Then you know what I want to do? I want to see your taxes. What are you paying? Are you paying your fair share? Because I saw on Rachel Maddow a couple weeks ago, where he paid a boatload of money. So shut the F up. How much did you pay, you loser? Ba-boom. That's actually my Michaeltopia. I'm going to use that now. I'm going to use that right now.
1: All right. You want to tell everybody what Michaeltopia is, of
0: course. I sure do. I sure do. Michael-topia, uh, the real world has crazy laws, you guys, and crazy rules that we all have to live by, and they don't make a lot of sense. Uh, in Michaeltopia, there's a different set of rules and a different set of laws, and it makes perfect sense, and everybody's loving it. So this week's uh, Michaeltopia, that's mine. That's mine. If if you start demanding to see the president's taxes after he's already shown tax releases, that he's had them outed, illegally obtained tax releases where he show, he paid a boatload of money, I now get to see your taxes. Good call. Yeah, when you're out there in your little hand-knit pink hat going, I want to see what he did. No, I want to see what you did, lady. I want to see what you did because I think I've been carrying you for the past two years.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, mine's holiday-driven. Yay. So in Michaeltopia, there is an upper limit to the age at which you expect to get an Easter basket.
0: <laughs> really, really. You're about to hurt my heart. Go ahead. Why? No, I want to see what you're going to say, but I'm I'm prepared. Go ahead.
1: Like when I was a kid, Easter baskets were some candy, a bag of jelly beans. Yeah. Now they're like a mini Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. No. Over. Like there's an a- upper limit age. I give it 12. Well, like- wait a
0: minute. You're talking two different issues. And listen, everybody gets an Easter basket. Everybody gets an Easter basket. I get a one, you get one, the kids want get one, uh, and Nana gets one, especially Nana because she's about to see Jesus. Oh God! <laughs> and and we want her, we want her to speak highly of us. I, however, I am completely on board with. I'm completely on board with. It shouldn't be a second Christmas.
1: Yeah, it's just it's just a chocolate bunny and some it, jelly beans.
0: Yes, that's it. You color egg You color eggs. You do the thing. It's uh, it's some chocolates. It's jelly beans. It's uh, the promise of a prophecy fulfilled, and now things are wonderful. There you go. However, it it ain't it ain't a CD player and a Blu-ray disc, and it's not a new stereo system and the keys to a car.
1: No, <laughs> it's not. It absolutely is. I
0: love but, that one. I, I s- love that one. Do you have another one? Because that was no. that was fantastic.
1: No, that's that's my one, Michaeltopia.
0: That's a good one. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. In Michaeltopia, Easter isn't a big uh, second Christmas. That's a great one. However, there's a, a good argument to make to we should flip them, and Easter should be Christmas, and Christmas should be more like Easter. I guess it you just know. depends on where you are. Yeah. Maybe. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna recycle a Michaeltopia, mm-hmm. and, and, and Michael because we're talking about the budget now. In Michaeltopia, there are no fights about the new budget because guess what? The new budget is the old budget. You don't get to spend any more money in Michaeltopia. The budget goes one way. It's either equal to or less than. Figure it out. The rest of America has to figure out how to, a way to do more with less, and so do you, federal government. I want better results for less money.
1: Beautiful.
0: It is beautiful, and that's the way to kick off a huge, huge show. Uh, I'm going to have better internet next week. That's what, That's that's my pledge to the America, and I'm going to work on my uh, emperor as Sean Spicer because that's going to be a showstopper. I'm going to do that <laughs> in my stand-up. That's going to be hilarious. Uh
1: I can't wait. If you could this find this fully if operational you could, space if, station. If you if you could find the transcript from the mother all bombs press conference, that might be a good one. Today at
0: eight forty five, we release the mother of all bombs from this fully operational
1: space station.
0: <laughs> then you will die. All right, we had a great time. Holy smoke! More videos are coming this week. Go to the Facebook page. Uh, we're taping episodes on the 27th. It's just, it's all going crazy and it's all going good. We love you, love you, love you. I hope you had a great Passover, a great Easter. I hope you're having a great week. And uh, shut up about Trump's taxes. That ship has sailed, America, and so is the ship. See ya at theloftestparty.com. Ta-ta.